All righty, we'll be back in Matthew 13 again this evening. Uh, we're going to go right back to Matthew 13 and look at verses 51 and verse 52 this evening. Now, you say, well, why are we going there this evening? Well, uh, because this passage that we're looking at uh, is some debate as to whether or not it is a parable. And so I thought, well, we'll just slide it in on Sunday night, and then uh, next Sunday we'll be moving on uh, to more uh, parables. But we're going to be considering uh, these two verses which follow the seven parables that we've looked at in Matthew chapter number 13 concerning the kingdom of God. Now, as I said, uh, some have considered this passage to be an eighth parable uh, in this passage of Scripture. And it is a parable in the sense uh, that Jesus is once again using an earthly example to illustrate his meaning. But it's clear that this parable or this teaching uh, is different from the previous parables that instead of revealing truths concerning uh, the kingdom of God, this uh, sub the subject of this illustration is to instruct the disciples concerning how they are to respond to the teaching that Christ has given them leading up to uh, uh, this. So this is instructing the disciples concerning their application uh, and their exposition, how they're to respond, how they're to receive what Jesus has been teaching in the previous seven parables. So this evening, I want to take a few moments and consider these two verses uh, and what they have to say concerning applying the previous parables that we've been looking at all uh, through the last several weeks, uh, how we are to apply what Jesus taught here in this chapter. And of course, the truths that we'll look at here concerning these parables are truths that can apply to anything that we find in the Word of God. So Matthew chapter number 13, and starting at verse number 51, Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for how you met with us this morning in the service. And Father, I pray, uh, Lord, that your word went forth. And Lord, I pray if there were those who had never accepted you as Savior, who were unsure of their salvation, that Lord, you use the message from this morning, Lord, to speak to their heart and to convict them and show them their need to put their trust in you. Now, fathers, we look at this passage, uh, uh, Lord, this passage dealing uh, with how we are to apply what has been taught. Father, I pray uh, that you will help it to be clear. I pray you help it to be understandable. I pray you help it to be applicable. And Father, uh, that we'll go away from here, Lord, having a better understanding of how to receive and apply your word, Father, I pray. Thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity of being here. Thank you for each of these folk, oh Lord, that are faithful to come to your house. Father, I thank you for them. I do pray that you be with Miss Kelly tonight, Lord, as she's in pain and suffering. I pray, dear Lord, that you relieve her pain, touch her body, help her to feel better. Be with Pastor Kent. Oh, Lord, at home with the stomach bug, Father, I pray that you'll help uh, whatever it is to, uh, to pass quickly, and Lord, that he'll recover. And Father, Lord, I pray that you'll be with him. Pray that you'll be with the others, oh, Lord, that we may not know of that are home, not feeling well. Oh, Lord, I think of Brother Bobby Burkstresser. Lord, I pray that you work in his life and help him. And uh, Father, Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, you will reach down and take care of the things that the doctors are not sure what to do about. Father, we know that you're able to do that, and Father, I pray that you will. I thank 
think of many others, Lord, Miss uh, Mary, Miss Carol's brother David, and uh, Father, many others, Lord, that we mentioned that, Lord, uh, need a touch of your hand. Father, I pray that you will be with each one of them. Bless as we look in your word this evening, I pray, and Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Here in these verses, I see three things being taught concerning our obligation in regard to these parables. Now, I'll just tell you this evening that I'm not sure. We may get out a little early this evening to make up for taking you so long this morning, but you never know. I wasn't planning on taking you that long this morning, so we'll just see what the Lord does here. But we look here and we see three things being taught concerning our obligation in regard to what Jesus has previously taught. As I said a moment ago, I believe what we're going to look at this evening, these truths can be equally applied to how we respond to any teaching of the Word of God. The first thing that we see as we read these verses is Jesus' question to the disciples and their response. I've referred to this as an example of personal reception. Personal reception. I don't have a, a PowerPoint for you tonight, so I'll try to say the points clear for those of you that like uh, to take notes. So I see this as an example of personal reception. I find this conversation between Christ and the disciples quite interesting. This little verse here, I find it quite interesting. Jesus asked the disciples if they understood the parables uh, that he shared. It said there in verse number 51, Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? So he asked them if they understood. They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Jesus asked the disciples, Do you understand what I've just shared with you? The seven parables that we've looked at over the past several weeks, uh, Jesus said to the disciples, Do you understand all these things? Uh, and they said, yeah, we got it. Now I find this very interesting uh, uh, because this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter number 13, if you were to go and look at commentaries, you would find that there are multiple opinions about what these parables are teaching, especially the parables that Jesus did not explain in the passage. I mean, there are all kind of ideas of what this is teaching. There have been entire books written as men have studied these parables in Matthew chapter number 13. It's a passage of Scripture that has given cause to much study and much ponder. I have spent quite a few hours myself on each one of these parables as I've studied them and prepared for them and prepared to deliver them to you. Much, much study's gone in here. And yet we read the chapter and we come down here to verse number 51 and Jesus says to the disciples, do you understand what I've said? And they say, yep, we got it. I'm like, wow, how, how exactly did you get that? How exactly did you figure that out? And I believe that there's a, a few explanations for their response, probably or possibly, uh, because of the setting and the relativity of the illustrations to their life. And so Jesus, as he was using these illustrations, of course, we look back, we find out what he was talking about, and we make the application and understand. But when Jesus was using these illustrations, he was very likely using things that they could see. When he spoke of the mustard seed, he very likely pointed at a mustard plant. Whenever he talked about the sower and the seed, it's very possible that he pointed at someone who was sowing the seed and so it's very likely that because of the setting and the relativity of the examples uh, that the disciples were able to grasp the truth of these parables quicker and easier than you and I. Possibly the entire conversation that surrounded this chapter isn't recorded. 
You know, the Bible tells us that if all the works that Jesus had done were to be written down, the world couldn't contain the books. So it's very possible that we don't have record of the entire conversation. And although we only have a couple of parables explained, it is possible that in the entire conversation that Jesus explained each parable as he went. And you and I only have explanations of some of them. That's another example. Or it could be that these parables considered in light of multiple daily conversations with the Lord. In light of the fact that these disciples were walking with the Lord, they were talking with the Lord, he is daily teaching them many, many things on a regular basis that in light of all that he has told them, that whenever he made these statements, it clearly fit with something else that he had said, another illustration he has made. And so the disciples were very easy to be able to see what he meant. This would be much the same way that you and I interpret difficult scripture. Whenever you're going through the word of God and you come across a difficult passage of scripture and you're not sure how to explain it, we explain it by comparing it with other passages of Scripture. Whenever we came to the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven, we explained those by saying that anywhere in the Bible that we read of the mustard seed, it's in relation to faith. Anywhere in the Bible that we read of leaven, it's in relation to sin. So by comparing Scripture with Scripture is how we found our understanding of that parable. And so it could be that the disciples had heard Jesus teaching on many different things. And so when he shared these parables, it all came together and it all made sense. And so we see that, the, that the, Jesus said, do you understand? The disciples said, yes, we understand. And whatever the explanation for their answer, I believe we can conclude two things from their answer in regard to how we respond to the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, when Jesus is speaking, when Jesus is speaking, we need to listen inquisitively. When Jesus is speaking, we need to listen inquisitively. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood? Have you ever heard somebody talking and you do not understand what they mean? Well, I'm telling you what, some folks have a habit of every once in a while while they're talking to you, they'll say, You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And boy, I'm telling you, there's been some situations where I just wanted to say, No. I don't know what you mean. I am lost. I'm hoping that as you keep talking, I'll figure it out. But I have no idea what you mean. You know what? Jesus said, have ye understood? Do you know what I mean? Have you grasped what I am talking about? We need to listen with a desire to understand. Listen inquisitively. I want to know what you're talking about. When Jesus is speaking or when we're considering any teaching of the Word of God, we need to listen with an interest in gaining an understanding of the passage. We need to read with seeking to understand what is written. When we go through the Word of God, we shouldn't just scan the Word of God, but we should seek to understand. We should listen. We should read inquisitively. As Jesus was teaching the disciples here in Matthew 13, these disciples were interested in his doctrine. They were interested in what this man had to say. They believed that he was the Messiah. They were convinced 
that this Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah that they had been looking for and anticipating for all of their heritage and this was him and so they were very, very interested in what he had to say. And because of their interest, they listened with a desire to understand. They listened with a desire to understand. They wanted to understand all that he taught. And because of their desire, they didn't listen half-heartedly. Have you ever been guilty of listening half-heartedly? They didn't listen half-heartedly. They didn't listen carelessly. They listened with inquisitive hearts. They listened with attentive minds. They desired wisdom and therefore they gained wisdom. The Bible tells us in the book of James chapter number 1 verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. Now many times we look at that verse as a promise. Oh, this is a promise. If I ever need wisdom, God will give it to me. But we could also look at that verse as a rebuke. Because that verse is saying, if you don't know, it's your fault. Because if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally. So we see here that the disciples were able to give the answer that they gave because they listened inquisitively. In addition to listening inquisitively, I believe that we can see that the disciples listened intentionally. They were intentionally listening to the Savior. They listened intentionally. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood, now catch these next three words, all these things. Have you understood all these things? Have you heard everything that I said? Sometimes I'll be in the midst of doing something. Maybe I'll be studying. Maybe I'll be wasting time. Maybe I'll be reading a book. But I'll be uh, in doing something of myself. And Kel will come running in the house. She's all excited. She's seen something outside. She's seen a new kind of bird or she's seen a squirrel or something's going on or she wants to tell me about her new baby bunnies. And she'll come running in the house and she'll start talking as soon as she comes through the door. she just talk, 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 talk. And I'll look up from what I'm doing and I'll say, Can you start over? Because I missed the first part of that. Can, can you back up and start over? Because I have no idea what you said when you first come in. But you know what? If I weren't interested in what she were saying, I would just let her keep going, and at some point I'd look up and say, uh-huh, and have no idea what she was talking about. We've all been guilty of that. Jesus said to the disciples, have you understood all these things? I've covered a lot of ground. I've went over a lot of things. Have you heard everything that I said? Have you heard all these things? But the disciples were able to answer positively because they had listened to every word. They had ruled out the distractions. They tabled their other thoughts and they gave themselves to intentionally listening to every word that was spoken. Maybe you like a certain type of television show, something that's teaching and instructive and you, you like this, and you're sitting watching this and you're, you're trying to learn something. Maybe you're watching a YouTube on how to fix your automobile. I do that a lot. And you're, you're trying to learn something from this thing that you're watching and somebody comes in and starts talking to you. And you're like, I'm trying to hear this. Pause, pause. I'm trying to listen to this thing. I'm interested in what it's saying and I want to hear 
all of it. I don't want to miss it. And in order to keep from missing it, I've got to do away with the distractions. Well, I'm telling you what, we are a distracted people in all areas of life. We're a distracted people. And the devil uses that to his advantage when it comes to the things of God. Well, I am telling you what, when you are sitting in a church service listening to somebody preach, some of y'all might be guilty of this already tonight. You don't have to confess because if I were where you were at, I'd be guilty too. You're sitting listening to somebody preach and I'm telling you what, everything that you've never thought of comes through your mind. I mean everything. You wonder why, why you had what you had for supper today. You wonder what you're going to have for supper tomorrow. You wonder what is uh, what time I'm going to be finished preaching. You try to remember where the last time was that I preached out of this book. Uh, you can't remember why you forgot to shine your shoe. I mean everything, that anything. It, it don't matter. It don't have to matter. And I mean it comes in your mind like crazy. Bombard your mind. And you have a hard time taken in. But if we're going to gain from the Word of God, we've got to be intentional. And boy, I'm telling you what, when you're sitting there in the pew and someone's preaching, you've got to grab them thoughts and pull them down the same way that you would say to someone, shh, shh, hush, I'm trying to listen. It's like you've got to say to your mind, hush, I'm trying to listen to what the man has to say. Listen intentionally. Many times we're guilty of missing the meaning of a conversation. What's even worse is when you're occupied and you miss the punchline on a joke and everybody's laughing and you're like, huh? What are they laughing about? You know, uh, many times uh, we miss important conversation because we're distracted or we're listening selectively rather than intentionally. Jesus tells us in Matthew 4 and verse number 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, we oftentimes use this verse in somewhat of a joking way whenever, you know, we're wanting a little something else to eat. You know, we're trying to excuse that chocolate chip cookie. Can't live by bread alone. Pass me the chocolate chip cookie. You know, we try to uh, use that verse to our advantage. But what this verse is really teaching is that the Word of God is more vital to my being than my daily bread. More vital. He tells us in John 6 and verse number 63, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The first thing that we must understand when applying the parables is our reception. The wisdom of God has been given to us in His Word, but we will not benefit from it unless we receive it inquisitively and intentionally. In addition to how we receive it, I find that there is also an obligation given to those who do receive it. Let's look for a moment at this personal obligation. First we see a personal reception, now we see personal obligation. We find this obligation described in verse 52. Then said he unto them, therefore. So in verse 51 he said, did you hear? Did you understand? They said, yeah. He said, therefore, because you heard and because you understood, I'm going to share something with you. Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. We see that first we must receive the instruction. We must receive the instruction that is given. In verse 52 he said, Therefore every scribe which is 
instructed. The instruction is given, the word is available, but unless we receive it and take heed to it, it will not do us any good. Unless we receive it, it will not help us. Unless we receive it, it will not feed us. As Christians, I believe that we have an obligation to receive the word. Digging in and studying the Word of God is not optional. It is imperative for your health as a Christian. We have an obligation to receive the Word of God. We are obligated to search the Scripture. We're obligated to seek, to know, and understand as much of the Word of God as is possible because it is our life. It is our strength. It is our health. John 5.39 says, Search the Scripture. Psalms 1-2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Psalm 119-11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119-97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. You and I are to receive the instruction of God's word. We're to hear it. We're to receive it. We're to take it in. We're to seek to know it. Once we have received the instruction of God's Word, I'm sorry, sweetie, but you've got to receive it. That's right. No? <laughs> she don't want to receive it. This is how a lot of Christians are, but she'll get it one of these days. Once we've received the Word of God, we should realize the value of what we have received. We should realize the value of what we have received. Then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed under the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure. Once we've received what Christ is teaching, we need to realize the value of what Christ is teaching. Have you ever obtained something of value, but you didn't realize that it had value, and because you didn't realize it had value, you were careless with it and perhaps wasted or ruined the value of it. I brought it, I brought a little something with me tonight to show you. And I'm going, I hope, hope this illustration works. If I can explain it, it will. Sometimes they say preachers have an axe to grind. I've got an axe to grind tonight. But uh, anyway, uh, just to give you a little illustration here, this is, this is called a Hudson Bay style axe with the narrow head and the wide bit. It's lightweight. It's good for carrying when you're going hiking and things like that. Hudson Bay. Hudson Bay style axes are very expensive. But I thought I would like to have myself a Hudson Bay axe. I said, I'd like to have myself one. And I knew that laying out in my shed was an old rusty axe that I'd acquired somewhere. And I said, huh, there's an old rusty axe out in my shed. I'm going to go take a grinder and I'm going to make myself a Hudson Bay axe. And so sure enough, that's what this axe used to look like, was like this. But I took myself a grinder and I cut the bottom out of it, cut the angle on it, put it on a, on a sander and cleaned it all up, made it look good. And I'm like, wow, look at there. Got myself a Hudson Bay axe. I was quite proud of myself until I noticed there's a stamp on it right here. A lot of vintage made in the USA axes are worth some money unless you make a Hudson Bay out of them. 
I still really like my Hudson Bay axe, but had I seen this stamp before I started grinding on it, I'd have found a different axe to cut up and make a Hudson Bay out of. You see what I'm saying is, I didn't realize its value. And because I didn't realize its value, I still like it and it still works great for what I wanted it for. And it wasn't like it was worth hundreds of dollars. But that's all it'll ever be now is a backpack axe. It'll nev we'll never see what it could have been worth. This old rusty axe here, it also has a stamp on it. It says plum right here. That's an old American vintage axe. These old plum axes are worth a little money. This one won't be turned into a Hudson Bay axe. I've learned to look for those stamps before I cut them up. You know what? Sometimes we have things of value, but we don't realize the value. Because we don't realize the value, the value is wasted. Uh, I heard a story once of a, of a young man who was, who was sick. He's a teenager, and he wasn't feeling well. And so he missed Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher was trying to win this young man. And so the Sunday school teacher went to see him, and he gave him a roll of silver dimes. Not, not just any dimes, silver dimes. He said, young man, I want to give you these. And the Sunday school teacher assumed that the young man understood the value of these dimes. The next week he saw him back at Sunday school and he asked him about his dimes and he said, yeah, I went to the convenience store and bought myself a soda pop and a candy bar. <laughs> he spent his silver dimes because he didn't realize the value of what he had. Many have heard the word of God, but they failed to realize the value of the word of God. They know what it says, but they treat it like it's just another resource book. They, they know what's in it, but they treat it like an encyclopedia rather than the answer to all of life's questions. They consider it to be full of interesting stories, recognizing that it's full of illustrations of the mighty power of God. They have it, but they don't understand its value. Psalm 19, verse number 10, speaking of the Word of God, says it's more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Proverbs 3 verse number 13 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Proverbs 23 verse 23 says, By the truth, and sell it not. Once we receive the word, we must realize the value of the word. And thirdly, we, the obligation we have is once we've received the word, once we've realized the value of the word, uh, is we are then to relay the message of the word. Once we've received it, realize the value, we're to relay the message. In verse number 52, he says, which bringeth forth out of his treasure, bringeth forth out of his message. We are out of his treasure. We have heard the message. We have received the message. We have realized the value of the message. And now it's our responsibility to bring forth our treasure and share what we have received. We're not to hold it in, but we are to spread it. Just as a householder brings forth out of his treasure, you and I are to bring forth out of the treasure of our soul the things that God has revealed to us and we are to share them with others that others may know and others may find the hope that is in Christ Jesus. It is our responsibility to share what we've received with others 
who have never heard. In Isaiah 61 and verse number 1, Isaiah speaking here, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. That word preach there means proclaim. This passage of Scripture is not written simply to the pastor, but it's written to everyone. He has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. We are to relay the message. We are obligated to receive, to realize the value, and to relay the message. And then lastly, we see here in verse number 52, we see a practical application. A practical application concerning the Word of God. He said there he's to bring forth out of his treasure things new and old. Two things are mentioned here. Jesus said that they're to bring forth things new and and old. I believe the application that we can make here is this. Jesus has just taught the disciples quite a bit concerning the kingdom of God. And this is a relatively new thing to the disciples. These are disciples who grew up under the law. They grew up under the, the Mosaic law and performing the sacrifices. They grew up looking to the Messiah. But now that the Messiah is here, some things have changed. And Jesus is teaching them many things concerning the kingdom of God and how things are going to work from here on out. He said, now that you have received these things, he said, you're required to share these things. But as you share these things, I want you to understand that there's, there's value in the Mosaic law as well. There is value in those sacrifices. We are not taking away from the past, but we're building on the past. I'm not asking you to no longer refer to the Mosaic law and only teach this. I'm not asking you to refuse this and only teach the Mosaic law, but I'm telling you that there is value in things old and things new. The Mosaic law pointed to now and now points back to the Mosaic law, and whenever we bring forth treasures of what we have received, people are able to see the whole scope of the entirety of the Word of God. It's an easy trap for preachers to fall into, and that is to preach from the passages they like the most. And then they fail to preach the whole counsel of God. We have an obligation to teach things old and new. We have an obligation as we did this morning, to preach on the lake of fire and an eternity in hell. But we also have an obligation to deal with things that are going on in our society and give people answers on how to handle those things. We're to bring forth out of our treasure things new and old, but we are obligated to relay what we have heard. Jesus said to the disciples, Do you understand these things? They said, Yeah. He said, since you understand, therefore, because you understand, here is your obligation. Take what you know and teach it that others may know. And I say here this evening, as we have taught through these parables, here is our obligation. Now that we know, let's take it and share it. Let's not keep it to ourselves, but let's tell the world what God has given us.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Father, I thank you that all through your word, Lord, there are passages of Scripture, Lord, that teach, that instruct, that strengthen, that help. And Father, I thank you that you have given us your word that we can look to. Help us, Father, Lord, never to take it for granted, never to, uh, Lord, misplace it or lose the, the, the respect and value that it has. Father, I pray that you will help us, oh Lord, always to uphold your word and look to your word. Father, I pray. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. I pray that you be with us as we go our different ways home. Bless us throughout this week. Father, give us opportunity to tell someone about you. Father, I pray, and Lord, we'll thank you for it. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.